0: No, not word at all. I
1: rely on God, Allah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulallah, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We'd like to welcome to the program today, the LifeHug podcast, Sheikh Abu Toba. Welcome and assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
0: Wa alaykum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah khair.
1: Sheikh, firstly, uh, because Ramadan is approaching, uh, what was the best Ramadan you ever had? Could you just describe what was the best Ramadan? Why was it the best Ramadan that you ever experienced?
0: I never thought about it, you know, to be honest with you. Each Ramadan, I mean, we've been doing Ramadan for a long time. You know, yeah.
1: you got to really think about this you know, one, Shaikh.
0: <laughs> no, I, 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 but when it comes what first thing comes to mind was Japan, Ramadan in Japan mm. with my, my, my homies, we were, uh, you know, young and that's the first thing that comes to mind. And, uh, I, I can't say that we knew, every, we didn't know much, but we had a really good brotherhood with our Ramadan, you know, yeah. with, with that. And we yeah. were, uh there weren't that many muslims this was in the 80s well 19 wasn't 88 89 you know that was you know the most the one that comes to my mind the most memorable but ramadan in general is a spiritual marathon okay uh, yes it's a spiritual marathon and every year something you know there are different challenges Sometimes you have growth, sometimes they're more difficult than, than others. You know, um, I remember mm-hmm. when, when my wife gave birth, I think she gave birth to one of our children on like the 10th of Ramadan. And so I had to be Mr. Mm-hmm. Mom for the rest of Ramadan. I had to mm-hmm. get up and make the Sahur for the rest yeah. of the children. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's different challenges, but the, the thing that I try to use Ramadan uh, to do is is to become spiritually stronger through and see the problem is that we we don't know we are taught things and you know in the earlier days that that we pick up as we go along now I realize that Ram, my thoughts of Ramadan le- really start maybe about five months before Ramadan I start thinking about mm-hmm. Ramadan okay and uh, start making preparations saving money, even buying things to make Ramadan better. And it's wrong. I've made so many mistakes of waiting to the last minute to prepare for Ramadan that I I don't do that anymore. You know, I make sure Mm. that I'm fully prepared for Ramadan before Ramadan starts,
1: okay? So what are some of those things specifically that, that you do that we could also maybe do and benefit from?
0: Well, the first thing I started to realize that the Islamic calendar is set up that way Rajab is the, the month, is a holy month outside of the, We have four holy months Sometimes, sadly, we don't even know the Islamic calendar Except Ramadan and Hajj You know, you ask somebody, name three months They were like, oh, and they can't name it You know, but you have Muharram, Safar, Rabiul Actually, after you have You know, Dhul-Qi'adah, Dhul-Hijjah and Muharram, these three months go back to back. Those are all sacred months where everything's supposed to be, you know, focused on Ibadah and, and, and you're in these sacred months. And then outside of that, you have Rajab. So when Rajab comes, that's when you're supposed to start getting yourself ready for Ramadan physically through fasting more reading more Qur'an, because they say this is Rajab is the preparation period for your mind and soul. You take your time. It's like you're trotting. You know, you're going at your own pace. And then when when you come to, you know, shawal, Shaban, I should say Shaban, you know, you should now start be thinking, hey, now I'm fasting more, okay? I'm starting to fast more. I'm getting ready because Ramadan is about, to uh, what do you call it? Come on, right? Now when Ramadan comes, you've already been fasting two months, a little bit, not a lot, as much as whatever you want, right? You've been fasting, you've been reading more Quran, now you're on a little bit spiritual high. Ramadan hits, okay? And now you're able to benefit more from your reading, more from your fasting every day because of the gates of Jannah being open, the doors of Jahannam being closed. Everyone else is fasting. So that synergism of, of, of Iman is flowing through everyone. So that's how from a spiritual level, from a physical level, the person should be, of course, the fasting would help. From the, another physical level, a person should be buying their their dates and those things way in advance, so that you don't have to go buy those things during the Ramadan month. The days always go so fast, and then if you have to go shopping and doing those types of things, it takes away from your focus. And it's never good to go buy food when you're hungry anyway. Okay, you, you want to buy junk yeah. and everything. But if you can make yeah, a list, that's, that's the worst of time. List, yeah. Yeah. Some of the mistakes we make, we've turned Ramadan every night in Ramadan into a festival. And that's not what it's supposed to be. Or family reunion. We come to the community and it's like a community family reunion. Hey, I haven't seen you since last year. Shame on us for not seeing each other since last year. Okay. We shouldn't be that way. Okay. So, but Ramadan is supposed to be time of focus on ibadah, not a family reunion. That's the Eid. That's Yawm Every Yawm al should be like Umrah. Okay. And we come together on that day, you know, but when Ramadan comes, we shouldn't eat so much. One of the biggest mistakes we make is we take the we cook way too much food and have so much waste. Some of the food we can cook and eat for three days because we're fasting. So we need to cut it back some. Okay, really cut it back so that we don't waste so much food. We don't invite non-Muslims or kufar to come to our walimas. our, our, walimahs, our break, break the fast our iftar's. So we have all this food left and we don't know what to do with it, you know? But we need to get people in there to eat everything, you know, that we have there and get them and not make them feel like they're dirty for being there, you know, really feel welcome. Sadly, we're, we're so standoffish and so non-welcoming, to some strange people when they come to the masjid if they're not as clean or as economically economically financial as we are, you know? So we have to fix that and stop eating so much. We break our fast. Sometimes we think we have to make up all three meals with iftar. Okay, I'm, this is for lunch. This is what I miss for dinner. Okay, and this is going to be for my breakfast or my snack. And that's just not good as well. You know, so we need to cut comatose.
1: If you eat that much, you just become, a, you're going to a coma. And you can't do
0: anything it's then an all history. night. No, yeah. You're you're right. And, and that's the that's the result of eating so much, and then what we eat, too. We don't have to eat meat every day, you know. We, we, we're not animals, you know. We don't the prophet was almost a semi-vegetarian. He wasn't a vegetarian, but they did not eat meat every day. They did not eat meat sometimes for a whole month. We had the hadith, we said nothing, no food was burnt in his house, meaning no food was cooked for a month. All they ate was dates and water for some period of time. And a date is such a miracle superfood that it has all the nutritional value of what you need. So you really don't need anything. And that's the tafsir the of the hadith where it says any house without dates is a house that doesn't have food, meaning it doesn't have the full nutrition that this date would bring to the house. So having dates gives you what you need in that regard. So we have to become wise about the food choices we make, the food, the portions that we eat, you know, drinking water as opposed to soda and these things like that And understanding the effects of the food of, or that we're, we're eating So Allah tells us to eat the wholesome food that he tells us to be طيبات right? وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ And don't follow the footsteps of shaytan And some of the earlier I'm sorry, said This means this modified genetic food that they come in And this is this new thing that the, the, the Kufar have come out with and they said a time is the mufassirun for uh, uh, the tafsir for the, the, the Qur'an They didn't know what they meant by it. don't. What do you mean eat the tayyibat, the, the wholesome food And don't follow the footsteps of the shaitan Now we see it Don't eat this genetically modified food You don't know what it's doing But eat what is wholesome and good for you The tayyibat, you know So these are the things that we need to start to prepare mentally And providing ourselves with a nutritious diet for not just Ramadan, but we can use Ramadan to start it, okay? Because what you put in your body is going to affect how you feel about yourself, you know, and we always think so much clearly during Ramadan is because we're, we're fasting. So I think those things, those few things like that should be, you know, what, what it is that we should focus on. And if we we, if we prepare a program for Ramadan and we stick to it, you know, and understanding what we should be doing as opposed to socializing. Ramadan is not a month for socialization. And this is a big mistake. What are the main elements of that pro, of
1: the program that every Muslim should have?
0: Number one, he should have his diet set out so that he doesn't take a lot of time spending cooking. Because that's what the point of fasting, one of the points of fasting is not to spend a whole bunch of time the, you know, focused on the food. So he should pick which foods will he can sustain himself throughout the month and not take a whole bunch of time away from his Ibadah. Number one. And he should buy those as much as those as possible so that he doesn't have to go shopping. Of course, he's going to need to go shopping for those, those, those things that, that spoil, okay? And run out. Number two, he should set up his home, a place where it feels comfortable for him to read, because he has to sit down and read the whole Quran. During the month of Ramadan, that is one of the major points of Ramadan is to read the entire Quran during the month, you know, so that means he has to make sure he gets lights, you know, if he has to buy a lamp buy the lamp, you have to buy a, a mat to sit on and prepare an area in his room in, in his house so it could be really reader friendly. For himself, and he should set it up not just for himself, but his family. So if everybody's sitting down watching and seeing each other read, it's going to promote the children to read, too. You know, and they're going to see, oh, this is read time, you know. And if you have small children, buy newspapers and magazines to give to them because they're going to rip them up. And they may not be strong enough. They may be, they may be too rough for it. So you buy them a newspaper and they'll, they'll learn how to turn the pages and it's not going to mess up an actual book of some sort you know, or a magazine. That's how we're taught to teach children how to read books without having to buy expensive books and have them rip them up, you know? And you can give yeah. them one a day and let them have have their fun with it, you know? And I would buy one that has Arabic, an Arabic newspaper, so they see the same writing and they, they feel the same way. And I've seen small children, one and a half, two years old, reciting not Quran greatly, but uh, because they see it, mm. they're exposed to it, all right? So even if your reading is terrible and your child reads better than you, your child will be inspired by seeing your father and your mother read. Even if you only get a page in an hour and the child goes through two jills in an hour, he's going to be impressed with your reading. OK, and so, you know, do it in the same environment, you know, like that without putting stress on it. OK, but making it a matter of fact. Right. Uh, making sure they have the water. So that you can have access to that because people dehydrate, you know, when the fast is over. Make sure they have the books that they're gonna read that when I say that the right mushaf. Because sometimes people use these really small mushaf. I need I can't do that. My mushaf has to be, you know, big enough for me to read, you know, and I can't mm-hmm. take the little sometimes they have these little small ones, I can't read those anymore. So make sure that mm-hmm. that's there. Get a stand, those 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 stands that you can put your mushaf on so that you can pray and have the mushaf in front of you. Okay, anything outside of your fard salah, it is recommended, meaning mustahab, to hold the Quran or have it open in front of you and read from it, except for in the fard five salah. We've lost that ruling. And so most of the times we'll pray our sunnan and not read a mushaf. But if you prayed your sunnan with the mushaf, how much more would you read? you probably read the whole page, okay, and places that you don't even know. So you get more familiar with it, and since during Ramadan we pray more sunan, make sure you have a stand or some sort so you can put it there. And especially in your house, you can read a page and do more reading like that.
1: Would that ruling also apply to like a iPad or a you know like a no. tablet or a phone? Like no, you could have the Quran on there. No, no, just the it doesn't the actual book
0: because the Mus'haf has a, a specific. It's a technical term. It's a, it's the mustalah. It's a terminology. Mm. And it has already a description that was given by the by the Sahaba about what the Qur'an is. Bain diftate is between the two leather sheets, right? The pages of the mushaf. And even the ulema have spoken about that particular issue as a modern issue, about the iPad and things like that. And they said, no, it's not the same. It's not zero barakah, but it's not the same barakah of holding the mushaf, Okay. So I suggest to those people, and this is why the they say that you can have pictures on your phone, but not actual physical pictures because the rulings for those things are different for the iPad and the phone and the actual physical, uh, physical book themselves. So the most barakah is in holding the mushaf because even looking at the mushaf, you get reward. And I'm not saying there's zero reward looking at the iPad, but you've gone, you haven't done what is preferred. And what is preferred is to have that mushaf. Okay, so I suggest that we stick to that. We should dress better during Ramadan than we do any other time. Every day we should put on our Juma best, okay? So that we look good, especially. So when people see you, what does good mean? That when people see you say, man, these people are somebody. They must be doing something special. They look good. Something that says, man, these people look nice. Who are they? Don't look like Joe Blow. Look special. Because you are special. You are in Ramadan. Okay? So that's, but it should be practical. Would that also extend to
1: like the sunnah and al fitrah? Like, uh, you know, like keeping, you know, combed and trimmed, like, you know, nails, everything. One of my biggest pet peeves, Sheikh, is like when I see brothers with long nails. Anytime I see that, I, I don't know what it is. It's just like my biggest
0: <laughs>
1: I just want to like take that run. Say, like, what's wrong with you, bro? You know, so I, don't I know. it's
0: it's for it's for men, it's for men and women. People realize that the yeah. the, the cleaning of the nails is for yeah. men and women, it's from it's from the fitra. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I I too am I'm, I'm opposed to this how can you dress nice and 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 and, and smell funky, okay? And not you know, take care of your, your your hygiene. Taking care of your hygiene is a psychological thing. And not taking care of your hygiene shows that there is a there is a mental problem with this particular individual. Because mm. the first thing that happens when a person has psychological problems, they, so- they stop taking care of their health, their hygiene. Interesting. So, Interesting. Uh, you know, so people have to realize that the fitrah is for your mental health as well, and keeping to the fitra is to help you stay from, it's a sign of depression when you see a person filthy. And, and, and when I say filthy, when you talk about the nails, anybody that has long nails has filth under his nails. That's one of the reasons why we're taught to trim those nails, because it keeps that dirt. Step staph, uh, well, staph infection comes from under the nails. I'm touching metal, and it gets caught up under the nails, and then you feed yourself with that hand, and that's one of the causes of staph infection. But cutting trim nails keeps is one of the ways to prevent that from happening. So, you know, the fitra has so much benefit. Having the beard and having, the, you know, the, 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 the mustache and, and the beard. The, for some reason, they've done a survey that said the people with beards and mustache don't get as much, you know, inhaled sickness as others. Maybe the beard connects to dust or something like that or stops the yeah, disease yeah, so. from, from, from entering mm-hmm. it, you know. So there, these are mm. things that if we follow the fitra, it would be beneficial for us. But I was going to say the thing mm. about the clothing, we're not told to go buy new clothes. This is something that we do that is not opposing the sunnah, but it's not in keeping with what the objective of Islam is. And that's iqtisad being balanced. We don't have to go out and buy brand new clothes every year. But what the hadith says, they wore their best clothing. What's the difference? This teaches us to have shukr, to have appreciation for what we have. Some of us have more clothes than a sultan used to have, okay? We have more clothes than kings. We don't hardly wear them, and this is waste. Inna Allah alayhi musrifin, those people who are wasteful, you know? So we have stuff that we're just not using, and we have people who we need. So we need to look and do muraqaba. Look at what do I have? What haven't I worn in a year? Now, Of course, because of seasonal changes, we put those things that we use during this particular season. But outside of that, if I haven't worn this thing in two years, a year, then I need to get rid of these things. Okay? I got so much stuff I haven't, I'm saying a person, you have so much stuff that you don't even remember how much clothes you have. I didn't even know I had that outfit because you have so many outfits piled away. Then you have too many outfits, okay? And so we need to be grateful and take care of the ones we have. Sew the ones that need to be sewed, patches and things like that. And patches is part of Iman, as opposed to constantly spending and wasting our wealth on you know new clothing that we may or may not need. And I'm not saying you can't buy new clothing. We can buy new clothing but we should take the ones that we're not wearing and make sure we put it to good use and give to people that do need, okay? So that's what uh, I would like to mention about Ramadan. It's that time okay. for us to look at what we have and what we haven't done, what we're gonna do with the rest of our lives, inshallah.
1: And, and sheikh, like um, in that sense, like especially here in the West, it's getting better now as the time is changing. But your time is limited uh, after you break your uh, fast. Uh, so uh, in that limited period of time, in terms of priority, do you think, um, like, of course, uh, you know, sometimes people, they, they misprioritize. For example, they'll make sure they make it for tarawih at the masjid. But then they'll miss the faraid, you know, salah at the masjid. You know what I mean? So th- that becomes like the hype or thing that they gravitate towards, and-, and then they miss the other thing. Or they'll be like, "Oh, I'm just finishing the Quran because I'm attending all the Taraway and the imam finished the Quran as if I finished the Quran." So what do what, what do you think? Like we should prioritize? Say, if you only have a few hours, and you know, sometimes people need to get uh, some sleep too in there because they're working the next day what would you say is like the level of priority is it like finishing the quran is it uh you know praying tarawih every single night what would you say is like the priorities um that we we, we do this and then we have extra time we do this then we do this
0: Alhamdulillah <laughs> the priority is in being honest ikhlas okay and Know, and we have not been ordered to do anything except to do our level best to be honest about our personal situations. Fiqh is not a broad brush that everyone can use, it is a fine brush that deals with every individual. It's your personal relationship between you and your Lord, my personal relationship between me and my Lord. So, what do I mean by being honest and having sincerity? I have to honestly look at should I go to the masjid tonight, okay. If if I'm not living close to the masjid, should I go there or do my family circumstances demand that I stay here tonight? Okay. And deal with my children and, and, and take care of whatever maybe my wife may be in the need of me at that moment and the children and the setting up and whatever that is. And I have to get up in the work in the morning time. And I got I can now get up and go to Fajr. Not saying I left off the salat at uh. Okay? Because one of the tricks of the shaitan with people who want to be righteous is that he focuses, he he distracts them with something that is mustahab or something that is fardu kifaya to distract them and keep them from doing something that's fardu ayn. Okay, hmm. it is haram for us to go and stay in the masjid to the point where we miss the fajr in the masjid. Okay? Does that make sense? Or Mr. Fajr altogether. I stayed up all night with the yes. brothers at the Masjid, and we were doing this and then <sighs> we're sleeping through Fajr. No, that's not correct. It's better that you go to the Maghrib, you go to the Isha. And if you need to go home and go to sleep so you can be there for Fajr or just get up for Fajr, if it's not convenient for you to go to the Masjid, then you, you did what you're supposed to do. As opposed to getting up and staying there when you lose out on the Faraduain activities. And the Prophet wasallam, did not mandate praying the Tarawih in in, uh, in the masjid every day of the month. He did it three times and stopped in order for us to realize that too. And so he told so told us don't make your homes like graveyards or devastated places. Pray at home. Lead your family at home. What do you think the impression would be on your child if you led tarawih? A couple of times at home with the whole family and you were reciting, you you practice all year for a couple of juz that you got so that you could recite them with your children and you read the Quran on a couple of days. You know, how much more impressive your child would be with that. I'm totally against the idea of having one imam lead the salah or importing somebody who can be a beautiful reciter and lead the salah during the tarawih. I'm totally against that especially in the West, in the the here, in Africa, in the East and in Asia, yes, we can do that because we see more Qur'an on a daily basis. But in the Western countries, every man should take a day. Every man in the Masjid should take a day or half a day, okay? Meaning he should stand up and do half the Taraweeh. just that one man. His family would be right there saying, look, that's my father leading the first four raka'ah. Well, watch, my father's going next, right? Look what that would do to the masjid, okay? And then the men throughout the year work on those four, he's going to leave, If that's all he got, that's all he got. He's ready with that, that, that his, those 10 pages or that 30 or 20 pages, which is a juz. Think how, how much different the masjid would be if 30 or 60 men, Stood up and led the Tarawi. Mm-hmm. Or just 30 men did half of it. And the imam of the masjid did the rest of it. He took the last. he Or he just let the father and let them take over the, the thing. And then he stood up and led the witr, And if he wanted to. You get me if they're going to do that in that masjid. That's, we're talking about having an effect. So I believe that every individual has to judge his situation. If going to the masjid is beneficial for him. And it keeps to him going, to, you know, getting up for the salawat. And he's not benefiting just himself and leaving his family without guidance. Then he needs to think about what he has to do to his family. Because Allah says, wa Save yourself and your family. You know, not. Nah. Okay? And Allah also says, aminu Focus on yourselves. And it becomes a riya, Showing off that you're just at the masjid so everybody can say that you were there. Forget them. Think about it in an honest way and make honest calculations on how you should best do Ramadan for you and your family. What's going to impress in in, in the long run for them? And that's what I think that that, that we should be honest about. You know, Mm. and I I know that it would really impress our children if they saw their parents up there leading the Salah. Or their uncles or somebody.
1: Uh, that's actually I have never thought of that uh, idea of, uh, in terms of that level of community engagement. That's actually a very profound idea. I liked it. Actually, that's a very profound that they actually prepare uh, all year uh, for that um, on so many different levels. That's a profound idea, Sheikh. That's a very good idea, actually. Subhanallah. Um, that's
0: community. Right? Any community. Uh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazakallah khair. الحمد لله <تصفيق> 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 <تصفيق>